drive, gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul, and a pinnacle foul throws it down, and a foul. Box and six. Box and six. As a temporary Bucks fan and temporary Bucks podcast, I'm ecstatic right now. Bucks and six. What a game. Saturday night. Drew Holiday. I told y'all, I said he needs to have 20 plus. I said I'll settle for 18 plus, but he needs to score more. And he exceeded all expectations, dropped 27 points, 13 assists. The Bucks' big three was spectacular. Giannis, 32 points. Chris Middleton, 29 points. And Drew Holiday, 27 points. And had a game-saving steal. Threw it up to Giannis. Play of the finals. Maybe the best play of the playoffs this year. It was absolutely awesome. Awesome, awesome game. We as sports fans deserve that, first of all, because we had to endure the bubble. We had to endure months without basketball. We deserve a great finals. And I know I say that, I say a lot, these teams are so irrelevant. You know, two cities, two really small markets that not many people care about. But it has been a very entertaining finals these past two games, I would say. First first four first three games weren't great blowouts. But last night was fantastic. This is going up on Monday, so technically Saturday night. Fantastic. Let's just get right into it. Give my thoughts. Drew Holiday, I'm giving you a standing ovation. Shout out to you, Drew Holiday. Like I said, I asked for him to get 20-plus, exceeded all expectations, dropped 27, had the biggest defensive play of the game, maybe of the playoffs, first-team all-defense, Drew Holiday. The Bucks were dead. They were looking dead. They were down 16 points in the first quarter. They were down. They looked dead. I was like, okay. We're going back to Milwaukee. They're going to be down 3-2. Let's get a game seven for the culture. Let's get a game seven. And they were dead. I was like, they are absolutely dead. Nope. This team fights. This team is resilient, the Bucks. They were doing this when Giannis was on the bench, which was honestly the craziest part about it. They were outscoring the Suns with Giannis on the bench. Shout out to Pat Connaughton, better than Luke Kennard, Pat Connaughton. Shout out to Bobby Portis. Their bench is was fantastic. Pat Connaughton, people make fun of him. People say, what is his role in the NBA? He, he understands his role perfectly, Pat Connaughton. Bobby Portis as well. 
What an effort. Bobby Buckets. The Bucks outscored the Suns 25-12 to in the six-minute stretch with Giannis on the bench. That's what finals basketball is about. Giannis is going to score his 30. He's going to score 30 every night. That's just a given. But it's really about the other dudes in these type of games. Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday, who had been struggling nonstop. Finally, we got... A good Drew Holiday game. He was locked in. He had 14 in the second quarter. He had 18, I think, at the half. So he definitely, like, cooled down in the second half. But that steal at the end was all-time. And then you got Chris Middleton, who, you know, the Bucks come back. And they, the Bucks took advantage, pretty much, of the game. They were up, I think, three, four points at half. And then they were able to blow the lead to about 10. And then they kind of just... You know, the, the Suns did come back there at the end. It was getting sweaty, but that's expected. You know, we're watching the NBA Finals. Nothing is easy. It's going to get sweaty. Chris Middleton is a tough closer. He said, give me the ball. I'm built for this moment. Things were looking a bit, you know, ugly at the end for the Bucks, just because the Suns, they made a push there at the end. Chris Paul had a three, I think. And Chris Middleton said, give me the ball, I want the ball, and hit a really, he hit one shot where Crowder fouled him, it was an and one, and then he hit a three at the end, it was an ISO three, he was like, give me the ball, it was um, just cash money, Chris Middleton, yeah, he had one where Jay Crowder was defending him, it was a step back, and one. And and then they were down five. He said, give me the ball. Had Bridges on him. Step back, three-pointer on Bridges. It was, it's just the confidence is amazing. He was able to hit one of two free throws at the end that really just put them away. Clutch Chris Middleton. The combination of Giannis and Middleton closing at the end is deadly. And I'm just really, really happy for Giannis because I look back on these past two years and I look back on the past two years. Two years ago, they blew a 2-0 lead to the Raptors. Just humiliating, humiliating. They were up 2-0. It was looking like their year. The East was wide open that year because LeBron wasn't there. You know, any any team was coming out of the East. They were up 2-0, blew it, and then in the bubble, they got exposed by the Mickey Mouse frauds, Miami Heat, in five games. I mean, that was ugly. Ugly for Giannis, embarrassing for the whole team, embarrassing for their coach. Their coach was on the hot seat for a while. And if I look at their run this year, I am just blown away about their ability to bounce back because... They beat the Heat in four games. They got revenge on the bubble frauds. You know, wasn't it wasn't even a competitive series except for that first game. I think wasn't really even competitive. Then they play the Brooklyn Nets, who are like the team to beat in the East. Everybody's talking about the Nets. Big three. Everybody has the Nets. And I know Kyrie Irving got injured, but the Bucks. Were dead. They were down 2-0. That 
that second game they lost by 40-plus points. 40-plus points or something. They were down like 40-plus at one point. They were dead. But this team is resilient. They were down 0-2 to the the Nets. They come back and tie the series. They're able to win the sixth game to tie it up, go back to Brooklyn for the seventh game, and win the seventh game in Brooklyn against a Kevin Durant master class. Resilience. This team is resilient. They were able to beat the Hawks in six, two games without their best player. And it was looking ugly there, you know. Giannis, that injury was ugly because they were like, okay, he's out. It looked like a bad MCL injury or a bad ACL injury. It didn't matter because they had two guys, Drew Holiday and Middleton, that were able to step up in those two games and handle the handle the Hawks. And I know Trey Young was injured. He like was never really able to come back from that. But to do to win two games, one on the road without your best player, resilient. They were able to get Giannis back. They go down 0-2. They did look dead. They looked dead in the water. They went. They take care of business at home. Blow them out in game three. Game four. Game four, I think, was the turning point because that was a game that the Suns should have won. They were in, in control of the game for about 45 minutes. 45 minutes they were in control, and then Chris Middleton, you know, went off. But that was a very winnable game by the Suns. And that was the turning point to me. And then Bucks win today, last night. I mean, they win Saturday night in Phoenix. They are one win away from the NBA Finals. What a story. They went from being the biggest frauds, being exposed last year in the bubble, to one win away from the NBA Finals. And if you look at Giannis's record, he's going to be 26 years old. He's going to be a... I mean, he's one win away from being an NBA champion. He's a two-time MVP and a two-time defensive player of the year at 26 years old. I'm sorry, but that is insane. And I know, jobs not finished, okay? Jobs not finished. I've watched too much NBA, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do rig it and, and, and bring it back for a Game 7 because the NBA is all about business. It's a business at the end of the day. Game 7 is profitable for Mr. Silver and the NBA. So I wouldn't be surprised. But there is a, I, I do think the Bucks win game six. I think it's just going to be loud. It's going to be hype. There's one man who will like really put the nail in the coffin for the Suns. And he's not a player. He's not playing. I need Scott Foster for game six because that is the nail in the coffin for the Suns. If we get a Scott Foster game six, nothing better. There's nothing better. Then I will put my house on the Bucks game six. Because if I see Scott Foster refing for game six, like it's over. And if we get a game seven, I'll even take Scott Foster game seven as well. I would even put my house on the Bucks for Game 7 if Scott Foster was refing. We need a Scott Foster masterclass for Game 6. That would honestly be the chef's kiss. CP3 losing the NBA Finals. But then Scott Foster refing would be fantastic. Um, talking about Chris Paul, he's a dirty player. 
He's a dirty, dirty player. You hate. I really. You hate to see plays like that. But that push at the end, the shove at the end, was uncalled for. It was dirty. He knew what he was doing. It was intentional. He's very lucky that Giannis, Giannis's head missed the backboard because it was about an inch away from the backboard. Really, really ugly play. He's a dirty player. He tried to injure Giannis in the first game. Game one, there's a clip of him going directly for Giannis's injured knee. Very, very dirty. And, yeah. So, he's a dirty player. Obviously, as a Clipper fan, I want him to fail. But even as a, like, taking myself out, of, like, say I wasn't even a Clipper fan, I don't even like the way he plays. Like, he's dirty, the flopping. Like, if I take out all, like, the personal stuff because I'm a Clipper fan, he's still a dirty, flopping, whining, complaining baby. And for that... I am ecstatic that he is one win. He's one loss away from losing his first finals. And I don't know if he could make the finals again. I really don't. LeBron's coming back. Warriors are going to be good. Nets are going to be back. This was really like his chance. And the only reason they're here is because, you know, they got a, a hospital run to the NBA finals. I've talked about it. No Anthony Davis. No Jamal Murray, no Kawhi Leonard, hospital run. This was his time, and it's pretty ironic because Chris Paul is the dude that's always getting injured, and now he's always getting injured. You know, he was always out of playoff series, and he got to the finals because everybody else was injured. And I don't care that he was in health and safety protocols. It was like two games or something. But I did find something very, very funny, very very funny. There was a stat that I saw. I'm just going to pull it up here. Players that have blown a 2-0. Okay. Players that have blown four. Four. Not one. Not two. Not three. Four. 2-0 leads in NBA history. Only one player. Chris Paul. That's it. That's the tweet. Okay. And... Don't, he had 21 points, 2 rebounds, and 11 assists. Stat-wise, he had a good night. Okay, stats. I don't blame him for, the, for, for, for this loss. I don't blame him. But he has been pretty bad for the other games. So I don't blame him, but he hasn't been himself. Game 4, I do blame him. Because that was a game where the Suns were supposed to win. They were up, but Devin Booker, he can only do so much. Like he had 40, he had 40 points game four. They were supposed to win that game and they just didn't get anything from Chris Paul where they couldn't, like they just couldn't win because Chris Paul was doing nothing. Like he was doing absolutely nothing. The The Suns lost a game where Drew Holiday was horrible, horrible. The Bucks played pretty horribly for 45 minutes, and they still lost because Chris Paul was abysmal in Game 4. He wasn't bad in Game 5, but he just hasn't been the CP3 that I saw versus the Clippers in Game 6. Like, and, and his BFFs were watching, too. He had his BFFs, LeBron, were watching. 
He had his BFF Lil Wayne watching. And according to NBA insider Skip Bayless, according to NBA insider Skip Bayless, Chris Paul plays a lot better when Lil Wayne is sitting courtside. And... Yeah, so I mean he he had a good stat line, but he still he still lost. So I Chris Paul there's going to be a lot of blame on Chris Paul. It was a legacy game for him last night. He had if you look at the stats, he had a double-double, 21 points, 11 assists, but very low impact. He had a good 3 at the end. Just kind of low-impact stuff. And I blame him for Game 4 and Game 3 because he was really, really bad. Really bad. I don't don't really know who's to blame for the Suns for Game 5. I really don't. They 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 couldn't offensive rebound. They really couldn't. I don't really. I'm not going to point fingers at any, at anybody for Game Five on the Sun side, but for Game Four, I'm going to point my big finger at Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul had his BFFs, like I said, he had Lil Wayne, and LaFraud had to make an appearance because you know, for some reason, LeBron just can't like live his life. He has to always be in the spotlight. He likes attention, so he was in Phoenix for the game. Sin courtside, and there is a iconic picture now. We got an all-time, I think, NBA Finals picture from the game. We got Giannis dunking, Chris Paul pushing him, LeBron in the background going, what the is going on? He is like, oh, no. Like, this one's over. We got Suns fans all around LeBron. We got this, like, Rachel Nichols-looking lady. She looks exact. I thought it was Rachel Nichols for a second. I was like... Dang, Rachel Nichols got a seat against uh, uh, next to LeBron. It's not Rachel Nichols. It's a Rachel Nichols lookalike. She's like shocked. Hands over her mouth. I mean, everybody is. All the Suns fans like around are. It's an all. It's an all time. It's an all time picture. That play itself is an all time NBA Finals play. The steal. Giannis running the break, and then Chris Paul, dirty-ass play, pushing him. He's just so lucky that, he's just so lucky that he didn't get, his his head didn't, he's so lucky that his head did not hit the, he's so lucky that his head did not hit the backboard, because it could have been very, very ugly if his head hit the backboard. So... Dirty player, and he and he did that in front of his BFFs, King James and Lil Wayne. I love it. I'm trying to find the better picture because I just see the the cropped one, but there is a picture of everybody. Everybody's face is like shocked. All the Suns fans. I love it. I'm eating it up. I love Suns fans. Sad. I love it, and. I'm very, very, oh, here we go. I'm very happy for Giannis. He deserves it. He put so much work in, dealt with so much slander. When he signed that Supermax last year in Milwaukee, so much slander. He's been loyal to this city, you know, wants to be a buck for life. He signed that Supermax 
after last season when he they got embarrassed by the Heat, he still signed the Supermax, was slandered. And look at him now. Look at these Suns fans. It's hilarious. It's a really funny picture. It's an all-time picture looking at it. You got Adele, like, shouting. And I guess Adele is dating Rich Paul. There was so much random stuff coming out of the game. You got, like, this kid with Bradley Cooper hangover glasses. He looks really, he looks, I don't know what that outfit is. Not a good outfit. We got Rich Paul and Adele. Dating. That's a couple that I would never expect to see. Ever. Very weird. Very, very weird. And, yeah. So, and that was an all-time game. But I, there was just so many things that I wasn't expecting to see. Like Adele, Rich Paul, LeBron, Drew Holiday dropping 20. That was a great game. That was a really great game. And, again, as sports fans, we deserve it. We deserve it, guys. Just remember, enjoy every moment because you, you you just never know when it can be taken away from you. Like during COVID, when sports were gone, I really realized I didn't appreciate sports. So now I'm like, just appreciate it. I don't, again, I'm a temporary Bucks fan, but I'm not like super emotionally attached. I would like the Suns to crumble and Chris Paul to crumble. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow. Like we're just watching great basketball. We have... Like, just the ability to do that is awesome. So, yeah. So, all right. Let's transition from the finals. And let's talk about the Mets. So, the Mets, what a whirlwind being a Mets fan is. Now, let me just preference this and say, okay, so let me just say, I've been a Mets fan now for... What is it? A week? A little over a week. Eight days I've been a Mets fan. And it has been an exhausting process, I will say. Because one day they look great. The next day they look horrible. Being a Mets fan is interesting. Today they had a game against the Pirates. that I felt like the game was a year long. So they allowed a three-run, when I say bomb bomb that went five feet so basically guy on the pirates i have no idea who it was but guy on the pirates hit it about five feet inside the plate and for some reason nobody on the mets communicated and it was a fair ball and they're just all standing there watching the ball and i don't even know if they thought it was a foul or i don't know but someone went to grab it fumbled it it goes Towards the Pirates bench, and the Pirates are just running in. One run scores, two run scores, three run scores. Every Mets player is just standing there. And they were down, I think, they were down 6-0. And the Mets won 7-6. Give it up for the New York Mets. I've been a fan now for... I've been a fan now for a week. I'm proud of this win, Okay. The Mets, it looked like rock bottom for them with Lindor injured. And it was looking real, real bad. They were able to score in the top of the ninth. Clutch homer. A clutch homer. And they took the lead 7-6. May came in to be the closer for the Mets. Was able to close it out.
he was really able to close it out. I'm impressed. I am very impressed with these Mets. I wouldn't say they're resilient, but because after that play where you just stand and watch the ball, I don't count that as resilient. But to come back from 6-0 and win the game, I like that. I really like that. And, again, I've been, I'm have been very new to the Mets. Very, very new. So, please don't slander me if I sound like a new fan. Because I, I truly am. And I'm just, I'm excited when they win. My favorite is when Frank the Tank tweets, Okay, Mets are about to lose. And then... And then he goes, oh, Mets are about to lose. And then, like, two minutes later, the Mets win the game. That is hilarious. Um, manager got booted. Rojas got booted when they gave up three runs. You know, when they gave up that three-run, five-feet hit, he got ejected. So that was definitely interesting. It was a very interesting game. Sunday, it felt like the game was five hours long because it just like they were down 3-0, then they were down 6-0, then they're up, then they're losing 6-5, and then they're up 7-6. Being a Mets fan is a roller coaster, I will say. It is a roller coaster. And Frank the Tank was at mini golf during this. You know, they're having, he said, now this loss will be extra painful. I believe the Mets won the game about two minutes later. I believe he won the game about two minutes later. I believe the Mets won the game about two minutes later after Frank had tweeted this. So, yeah, he tweeted that at around 150. And then 154, the Mets won the game. I was definitely nervous. Bottom of the ninth. I was like, there's no way they'll hold on to this one-run lead. But they did. They did. I'm impressed. And, yeah, so let's go Mets. Let's talk about my other team, Dodgers. Dodgers, tough loss today. The loss of the Rockies on a walk-off. They just kept battling. I will say one thing. Cody Bellinger is pretty, pretty atrocious people are really saying that they want him to go down to triple a because he's that bad he's batting a, a point point one six point 0.168 on the year he was injured he has four home runs and 19 rbis it's just not good i don't know what it is maybe cut your hair cut your hair i don't know but he has not been the same cody bellinger and I don't really know what's maybe he's ha he's a new father. He has really really long hair. He has really long hair. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a mental thing. He's in a slump, but he he has to be better. He has to be better. And the Dodgers are dealing with a lot of injuries. Mookie Betts uh is injured. Corey Seager's injured. He's I think he's going to make his way back to the lineup soon, but still, you know, they've been dealing with injuries all year and Cody Bellinger being bad really doesn't help out. Like when there's dudes injured, we need someone like Cody to step up. Cut the hair. Cut the hair. He's in the pre-father slump, but cut the hair and be better. He's got to be better batting a .168 on the year. Pretty bad. I wouldn't say he's washed, but 
If he continues to play like this, I don't know. He's got to get a haircut. I feel bad he, because he's fallen off so, so badly. But he has to be better. And, I mean, baseball and the finals are really like the only sports going on right now. We have, uh, we have <clears throat> the Olympics starting on Friday. Very, very exciting. But I feel like even before the Olympics start, the NBA finals... The NBA Finals have to end before the Olympics start. We must get a winner, which is kind of crazy considering if the Finals somehow does go to seven, the, the, the first game, I believe, for U.S. is next Sunday. So Chris Middleton and Devin Booker are supposed to be on the Olympic team. And so they would be done on Thursday, fly to Tokyo like the next day. And the game is on Sunday. So that is a crazy whirlwind of events for everybody who's playing in the finals now that is planning on going to Tokyo. I'm going to be covering the basketball on here as much as possible. That's really the only event I care about personally. I do like to watch the other events but not cover them. The basketball is going to be fun. Hopefully... the U.S. can come out with the gold, but it's going to be tough. There's just so many circumstances this year. COVID being one of them. Fatigue, another. I mean, so, again, some of these players are coming straight from the finals. Or deep playoff runs right to Tokyo. It's just they don't really look. They're not really a cohesive group yet. And hopefully they get there and are able to win the gold but it's going to be very, very tough. COVID presents, COVID percent presents a lot of problems because you see, you see a dude like Bradley Beal. You know, he was just booted from the Olympics because I think he tested positive for COVID, and he was just booted. And they had to get Javale McGee. Don't worry, guys. Javale McGee, our Lord and Savior, is going to come in and help the U.S. win a gold medal. So. Obviously, the teams, I would assume, like, the best teams are, like, Spain. They're always pretty good. Australia has a good has a good bunch. They have Thibault, Joe Ingles. Um, those are, like, the NBA players. But France is not bad. I wish there was, like, a Olympics power rankings or something. If someone could make an Olympic power rankings, that would be dope. Because um, I would love to see the power rankings. U.S. are heavy favorites to win, but honestly, fatigue, COVID stuff, I would not be surprised if another team took home the gold this year. I wish we could get some power rankings. If someone's listening to this, could send me the Olympic basketball, men's basketball, power rankings. I would love to see it. I would really love to see it. And, yeah. Next, um... Next episode, we will be talking about an NBA Finals recap for Game Six. Hopefully, we have a new, we have a new NBA champion, and we will be reading Space Jam horrible reviews in honor of LaFraud. So, yes, thank you all for listening. Listening, and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Peace out.